FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8-12, and we have uh, several different portions of today's action line coming your way this morning. And during the first half of the program, we're going to be talking about the healing fields. And Don Wright is with us today from the Exchange Club. Don, how are you this morning? I am super, Scott. Glad to be here. It is a nice day out there. Hopefully it'll be nice all weekend. Right now, I look like all the weather is going to be great, and it's not going to be in that 100-degree weather like we've had a few years. Yeah, Man, it, we had a few days so far this year that have felt like summer already, but then it's cooled off a little bit. I said we kind of skipped spring. It, it just didn't always feel like spring at times. That's right. So tell us a little bit more about the Healing Fields Flags of remem- re- Remembrance. I can't talk. Right. <laughs> uh, it's been going on for several years now. This will be our 14th year and uh, this year we'll still be at First Methodist Church, a lot there next to the church. And uh, we will have 300 three-foot by five-foot American flags flying on eight-foot staffs. They'll be aligned in a military grid. And it's just a beautiful, awesome sight to see and especially helping people remember what Memorial Day is about. And, you know, the display is very special to a lot of families here. And I've even seen, of course, you see people post cards and stuff next to some of the flags. And uh, I've even seen military boots one year placed beneath some of the flags. It is a very emotional event, and that is one of the reasons that we want to have it, is to help families heal, and that's the reason it is called a healing field. And uh, we invite people who are sponsoring flags to bring those photographs and bring any memorabilia they've got. I, for example, have a grandfather who was in World War I that I never met because he died when my mother was only two years old, and uh, I'm doing a flag for him. I have an uncle who is from Savannah, Tennessee, that was in Italy and Germany in World War II, so... There, there are things like that that people can just help other people know what that flag is representing. Now, these flags are already set up on display at First United Methodist Church on West Thompson Lane in Murfreesboro. How many days, though, can people see them? All right. We do not post the flags until tomorrow morning, oh, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And we certainly invite volunteers to come out and help us post those flags. It's real easy to do. But they will be there through 5 o'clock on Memorial Day, at which time we'll have a closing ceremony. And that is when people can either retrieve their flags or they can leave them and pick them up later at First National Bank on Memorial Boulevard. How in the world do you go about setting up 300 flags and you're doing this tomorrow. I, I thought they were already put up, so that's well, tough. Luckily, right now, going on out at the field, we have volunteers who are pounding the rebar post. These are rebar posts, and uh, obviously the more volunteers we have, the quicker we can have the field set up tomorrow. I will have to tell you, it's a beautiful sight to sit and watch those flags. It's almost like a, a red wave coming at you because we start at the far end of the field. Now, the interesting thing is, if if I'm not mistaken, you've got somebody on-site 24-7 during the display. That is true. We have people that will be there all day, and we do have security at nighttime. We do have lights on the flags at night, and we do welcome people to come out and walk among them at any time. We will not be manning to let people sponsor flags during the nighttime, 
But if they want to come out, Scott, we have a lot of photographers who love to come out and do black and white nighttime photographs. And I know you do some photography. You can get some beautiful shots at nighttime to get the shadows in the right way. And, you know, the unique thing about Rutherford County today versus, you know, even 20 years ago, you've got so many different companies and so many different shifts working all hours of the night that that may not allow somebody to come out there during the day well as as i moved here in 82 and it's not the sleepy little town it used to be it is active at all times definitely and tell us more about uh, the different events going on out there or the service going on out there the ceremony uh, well like i said we'll be posting flags at 8 a.m we will have an opening ceremony at 9 a.m on saturday the Boy Scouts will have an official flag retirement ceremony about 6.15 Saturday evening. If you have never seen that, it is a very moving, very uh, professional, very, I don't know what word to use, but it just gets, it gets to you to hear them read what each stripe on the flag means, what the purpose of it, and then they uh, do burn the flags, but they burn them officially. Uh, I know you folks here at WGNS collect flags, and the Boy Scouts may come over here and get a bunch of those. But, they do, yeah. uh, You know, it, it's just a very moving ceremony. Uh, then uh, we will have a brief closing ceremony at 5 o'clock on Memorial Day. And at, after that event, as I said, people who have sponsored the flags, they can retrieve them if they want to take them home. Uh, and we will need help picking up the other flags and get them off the field. So the field is pretty much all cleared come uh, Monday evening. Again, Don Wright with us this morning from the Exchange Club talking about the Healing Field Flags of Remembrance. And again, this is all set up at First United Methodist Church on West Thompson Lane in Murfreesboro. And once more, a, a total of 300 flags out there. And you still need some volunteers to help out with this event. That Yes, sir. We, we will take all volunteers, Boy Scout groups, if church groups want to come out, other civic groups, companies would like to send employees out. Uh, I've got to brag on Middle Tennessee Electric this moment, but uh, they are one of our sponsors, and they have decided to tag every one of their flags with an employee who is, is a veteran. And uh, they had so many that they've now had to increase the number of flags to a total of 31. Uh, St. Thomas uh, has been very good in being a corporate sponsor with us as well, and they hope to do the same thing. Now, if somebody would still like to sponsor a flag, that can still be done. How do they go about doing that? Uh, We will be out there most of today, finish setting up the field, and we will take cash or check. By the weekend, we hope to have a uh, capability to take credit cards. But they can walk up at the field. We then get the information on who's sponsoring the flag and who would like to uh, have the flag in honor and memory of. And then we tag the flag, and we also invite them to either – let us tag the flag and then go out, or they can go with a volunteer to help tag the flag, which tends to be in a very very emotional moment. And again, this is the 14th year for this event. Any idea on how many hours are spent putting it all together from start to finish each year? Hundreds, Scott. I mean, that, because you really start with this thing in about January, trying to get set up, start working on your sponsors, start getting people to do the flags, making sure you got all the hardware available. Uh, these are American-made flags. They are sent in to us. We purchased these out of Sandy, Utah, from a company called Colonial Flag Company. We are what's called an official healing field because we pay a franchise fee to host the, this event. And events like this, I, I think, make Murfreesboro, Rutherford County more local in a lot of ways. For one reason, you're able to go out there and actually see 
firsthand by reading some of the different notes people leave on the flags, you're able to see some of the stories that are from right here. There are a lot of tears. There are a lot of hugs. There is a lot of laughter, uh, a lot of emotions and memories that people have when they go into that. They, they can sponsor these flags for $35. And as I said, we don't sell flags. They are sponsoring the memory of that loved one. And again, this is all going on this Memorial Day weekend, just as it has for the previous 13 years. Yep. And uh, it, it's been pretty much the same location over the years. I think only, what, one or two years it was at a different spot? We actually started out, and I have people still say, now you're still out on Medical Center Parkway, which is where we started. And uh, God bless Peter Demas, but he decided to build a restaurant out there, and then now it's McAllister's. But we have tried a couple of locations, and First Methodist United has been just super friendly and welcoming, and it's a great location that we don't have to get a lot of permits because it, there are a lot of things that are set up already for us. And so when you're going down Thompson Lane, you see First Methodist Church. Is it going to be right next to the church? It is just west of the church building. There's a big empty field that they have there. And the unique thing, I think, about that location, it's literally down the street from the Alvin C. York VA medical facility. That is true. In fact, uh, we had a lady call from the Tennessee Valley, uh, Tennessee State uh, Health, excuse me, Tennessee State Veterans Home, and they're actually going to bring uh, a load over at 10 o'clock on Monday morning and another bus load over at 2 o'clock. And, of course, we've reached out to the folks at the VA to let them know what's going on as well. That's really neat. And it's neat that local veterans, who some of which are, are handicapped, probably because of disabilities that they first suffered while serving our country, they're able to go out there and see it. That is true. And uh, we have placed the flags this year 10 feet by 10 feet apart. So if you're in a wheelchair or something, the flags are not hitting you if you go through there. I will put out a plea. We're looking for the use of a, one or two golf carts because we have had veterans who can't walk, and we've been able to put them in the golf cart and take them out through the flags. And again, this entire event, the, the ceremony, the, uh, the flags on display, it officially opens to the public. They'll be up what, what time tomorrow? We are hoping by 9 a.m. That's when we hope to have the uh, uh, opening ceremony. So volunteers, assuming you still need the volunteers to actually help set up, what time should they show up? Around 8 o'clock. That's when we hope to start distributing the flags to the volunteers. Okay. And this is all taking place throughout this Memorial Day weekend. And once more in Murfreesboro, next to First United Methodist Church, which is at 265 West Thompson Lane. That's just down the street from Siegel Elementary, Siegel High School, and uh, right down the street from that intersection of Memorial Boulevard at Thompson Lane. Correct. Correct. So anything else you can think of? Do we leave anything off? We just need to have the people come out and show us support. And, and this has taken, you made a comment, it's taken a lot of hours of volunteer time. And we have, we have done this as a fundraiser, but at the same time it's more of a community service to help people remember what Memorial Day is about. You know, I get a little disturbed when somebody says, Don, happy Memorial Day. Happy and memorial is a contradiction in terms, if you think about that. And I just want to respond is, it's Memorial Day. Let's remember. Good point. And it's definitely a time to just sit back and say thank you, especially to all of those who served our country and, and helped to make us the country that we are today. That is correct. I will say last Thursday, you, uh, WGNS, wished Mr. Bill Allen, who turned 98, World War II veteran who was on the beaches of Normandy. Mr. Allen always comes out. He's a member of our exchange club. 
and a lot of people want to thank him for the service that he did, he will tell you he's not a hero. The heroes are the ones that are six feet under under those beautiful white crosses. And, you know, he, he's been on the air with us before a couple of times, and he remembers everything so vividly as if it was yesterday. He, he will do public speaking, will not use any notes, and his story never changes. So you know that's impressed in his brain. And we've got other heroes right yes. here, you know, maybe not that served the same time frame he did, but we've got a lot of heroes here. And I know, uh, like you said, he doesn't like to be called a hero, but but that's how that, I think they're still heroes to me. But I understand the men who came home understand that the heroes are the ones who didn't make it. Uh, yesterday, we did do what we call lay out the field, and we had a lot of veterans from the TriStar Veterans Center who is helping us put this event on this year. And I met some guys that had been in the in uh, the uh, Middle East. To me, those are still heroes. They saw the action that I didn't have to see, and I'm I'm glad for them. You know, and there are battles like like the ones that took place in the Middle East over the last 20 years. And I I remember when I was in high school in the early 90s period, you know, you had a lot happening in the Afghanistan area, and, and a lot of what did take place. We learn very little about it here in America, really, until years later, about how devastating and, and just how rough it was there. Yes, and, and uh, again, I had an uh, uncle who was in uh, Korea. I had an uncle who was in Vietnam. They're beginning to tell – my uncle, who is 93, is beginning to tell stories of what happened in Korea, and it's hard to believe he's held on to those memories for 70 years. And uh, so then when you find out the young people coming back from the Middle East, the – just some of the damage not only the ptsd issues but physical damages as well and there are a lot of stories a lot of uh you know scary times i'm sure for a lot of those folks who who still hold on to those things right. that did occur there scott i love to tell the story we had a lady one year drive up and she ran over our cones and i said ma'am you can't park here she said i have a world war ii combat injured veteran who wants to see the flags we got him in a golf cart, and I took him out, and he said, young man, will you stop? And I stopped the golf cart. He wanted to get out. He had lost 200 shipmates in World War II. He stood there and saluted the flags and probably held the salute for two minutes and then waved goodbye because he told me later, he said, that's probably the last time I'll get to wave goodbye to my comrades. And there weren't many te- uh, dry eyes around the people who knew what was going on. And... Um, it, it's just, the weekend is just an emotional weekend for people to heal, and that's why we call it a healing field. And I know you've got a lot of stories similar oh. to that one, just different eras. Yeah, yes, different eras. Uh, we had a lady one of the first years we had this, got out there in the middle of the road and started crying and stopped. And uh, you wish Rebecca Talley happy birthday. Rebecca went over and gave her a hug. Coming out, the woman's son had left from the Middle East. She had not been able to say goodbye to him. And as a mother, I'm sure she was going, will I ever see him again? That had to be a scary feeling. And so she had gotten a flag in honor of her son who was going to the Middle East. You know, and recently, over the last year or so, we've had a lot of tragedies here in the U.S. involving military from flight medic uh, helicopters going down to just all sorts of things but there's been tragedy here locally involving military lately that is correct and also if someone wants to do a flag and honor a memory of someone who's been a law enforcement officer or firefighter or ems they're welcome to do a flag just for their personal hero 
But yes, example, we've recently had the death of the uh, sheriff officer, and I'm sure someone this weekend will do a flag in his memory. A lot happening around the country, around the world, involving military, involving police officers, emergency workers. So a lot to be thankful for, for sure, this Memorial Day weekend. And again, the Flags of Remembrance is going to be, the whole display is going to be next door to First United Methodist Church on that same property, but in the big field there on West Thompson Lane, again in Murfreesboro. Correct. Thank you. Don Wright with us. Don, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Scott. Time right now, 828. We do have more news and information coming your way next. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Holden Hardware has been serving the hardware needs of this community since 1948. This is Raleigh Holden Jr. I want to thank our many customers who have helped to keep us in business all these years. I also want to invite those who may be new to this community or have not been in the store lately to visit us. Come experience a unique hardware buying atmosphere with wood floors, old furniture and fixtures, along with a helpful and knowledgeable sales staff. Holden Hardware on the west side of the public square since 1948. This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet, burning pain, balance problems, and decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. Magnolia Medical Center in Murfreesboro. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go, you can get pastas or chicken, you know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. If you're looking for an adoptable cat or kitten, be sure to stop by and take a peek in our cat room downstairs. For those of you that prefer scaly friends to furry ones, we have you covered at Animal City. Come in and find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. CBS News Brief. Memorial Day holiday travel is officially underway. These folks are at Seattle's airport. There's definitely a lot more cars than I'm usually used to. Usually I will get here about an hour and a half before my flight, typically, but since the craziness, we actually came three hours ahead. The TSA yesterday screened the highest number of passengers since the start of the pandemic. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says a deal on raising the debt ceiling may be getting closer. It's not easy. We want to make sure this is an agreement worthy of the American people. So it takes a while to make it happen. The deadline is June 1st. Daniel Saldana spent 33 years in prison for attempted murder, a crime he did not commit. The L.A. County District Attorney made the announcement. Based on our investigation, we have determined Daniel Saldana is innocent of the crimes that he was convicted of. Newer testimony shows Sedalia wasn't even at the scene of the crime. CBS News Brief, I'm Linda Kenyon. I can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation in a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. 
Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor, as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-ELIQUIS. We're at Adams Place talking with Lee Davenport. I have a sister-in-law that's here, and her daughters come to see me, and they said, Aunt Lee, why are you at Adams Place? I said, well, it's a good place to be. We're blessed to have Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.33. Again, you're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning and now changing to a different topic for this next portion of the show. And our guests, Jackie Jenkins and Rebecca Cross. And we're talking about the Women's Club and a special presentation that is taking place there called Wedding Dresses Across Decades and Cultures. So first of all, uh, good morning. And when when is this going to take place? Good morning, Scott. This is going to be the first three weekends in June, and it will be Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays from 1 to 5 on those three Saturdays. So it's literally right around the corner then? It is. Next week is our first uh, weekend to open. So tell us a little bit more about the different wedding dresses that will be on display there and uh, how they relate locally. Well, we will have uh, 33 dresses on display at, at the club. There will be dresses from the late um, 1870s to uh, 2021. And the uh, dresses are um, all from the community, um, except one, I think, that's on loan from the university. The older dresses are part of the original Oakland's collection that they have loaned to us. And then a number of the other dresses represent um, community members from different eras of, the, of, of life here in Murfreesboro. We also have um, t- three local um, ethnic dresses. Um, one is from um, South Korea, one from uh, China, and two from uh, India. Then we also have a um, kimono from Japan that is on display that is a beautiful wedding attire. So some of these dresses uh, 150 years old. That's correct. It's hard to believe that they were, you know, preserved for that period of time because somebody had to take care of them over the years to last that long. That's correct. And some of the dresses are um handmade by by relatives of of the 
brides and are that were also great seamstresses. We have one that is crocheted. We have dresses that were made by designers that are local. And so it's, it's quite a different display of dresses. So will all of these be on display at the women's club here in town? Yes, it will. Uh, the, the 221 East College Street. Um, the dresses are in our main assembly room and they're beautifully displayed. Uh, we've been working hard, our committee has, to get everything put together, and um, the display actually is coming together beautifully. And when people come in to see these dresses, will there be a little story for each dress or a little description written? Each store, each dress will have its own narrative um, composed by the person who loaned them to us. There will be a description of the material and how whoever made them or where they were purchased as well as, you know, some human interest uh, comments, too, about the wedding, the couple, the day, uh, how they remember their wedding day. And, again, these dresses, for the most part, I think all but one from this area or were used by people in Rutherford County. That's correct. That, that's pretty neat. And how do you go about gathering all of these dresses <laughs> and the stories and finding out who can bring them to you? Well, we had a lot of people step up and say, when we told them we're going to be doing this, I would like to, to, to offer my dress. And then we also worked with Oakland's to get their collection. And we have the one from MTSU, the Japanese kimono. We had a contact over there. We were able to get that from. It's mostly by word of mouth. It's members knowing other members, community members, and coming up with uh, ideas about who might have a dress that we would want to display. And then those people stepped forward and said, yes, I would like to to do that. As a matter of fact, we wound up having a number of people come in after we had already reached our limit saying, oh, I would, I would like to do this as well. So we will, we will be keeping those names for next year and, and seeking more. I was about to say, I, I can imagine a lot of people, you know, coming to you saying, you know, I would really like to <laughs> display mine or my daughter's or my mother's. And there just wouldn't be enough space in one single showing. That's correct. Well, and we benefit, too, from uh, the fact that the, the display has been going on for a few years. Oakland has done it for uh, right until the COVID shutdown or whatever, and then they decided to see if we would like to partner with them to do it in, our, in the clubhouse this year. So do some of these dresses, you know, like when you go to the Country Music Hall of Fame, you see these rhinestone outfits and stuff. <laughs> do, do some of the dresses look that elaborate? We do have a couple that have uh, rhinestones or beads or um, things like that that look really pretty, and pearls all over the gown. Um, and then some are very simple and elegant. And they're just, they're all so different mm -hmm. and from different eras. And we have some that are just super simple for little country weddings, but most of them, you know, they're, they're not what you might think you walk in and see at a bridal shop. They're all different. How have people told you that, you know, this is how we preserve this dress? This is how we kept it over the years. How have they done that? Well, some have gone through professionals preserving uh, companies that put their dresses in multiple layers of protection. And we, we were just breaking those out this year. Some were hanging in dress bags and closets. <laughs> Others, uh, one, I, they said they had to go up in the garage over the carport. Uh, in the attic over the garage at their mother's house to get down <laughs> so they weren't all preserved in the way you would think but they all came out looking beautiful 
And I'm sure you cringe when you hear, well, it's kept in the garage or above the car, you know. (laughs) Right. Because I'm sure some of these dresses, they've actually gone up in value just because of how old they may be and how unique they may be. Well, and the the tale of some of the dresses, too, they are hand embroidered, um, overlaid with, you know, different fabrics or whatever. And then just everything was just beautifully preserved. Back then when, because you're talking again, some of the dresses, 150 years old, a lot of, probably all of them were, you know, handmade for the most part, especially the the much older ones. The price of dresses, even prom dresses today, seem to be sky high. Of course, I'm a guy looking at it, so, but I can imagine some of these dresses being as old as they are. I bet there were thousands in some cases. We don't really know. The three that we got from Oakland's are the three oldest ones we have. Or two of two of the three oldest ones, and we um, asked. I asked uh, James Manning the value of those dresses so we could know that, and he said, "Well, we don't know. They're priceless, but you know we can't put a value to it because you couldn't you couldn't sell them for that." So, any funny stories that come to mind for you know some of the dresses that have come in so far, or any stories in general that stand out to you? I don't know if we have a funny story. I'm trying to remember. Well, there's one unique situation, I guess. One dress has been remade five different times. Oh, yes. Um, the, uh, a woman from Murfreesboro loaned it to us, and uh, it has just gone down through her family until finally it was cut down, so it can't be cut down any further, just about. But the, I think the, just the remaking of mm-hmm. the one dress five different times. Yes, yeah. and that dress traveled to about three different states during right. that transition from right. one bride to the next to the next to, to Murfreesboro. Well for years it has been tradition in a lot of families where the mom would pass down her wedding dress to her daughter and and uh, you know on down to grandchildren. I don't know if that's a tradition that still takes place today as much as it used to but it is a tradition, and, and the, it makes the story all the more interesting. It does, and we have one local family here that the mother wore it, then the second daughter, the first daughter wore it, then the second daughter wore it, mm-hmm. and so we have that dress on display as well. And of those who you know have put those dresses on display, do a lot of them and their families come to see? the dresses once they're all set up? We hope that they do. We think they will. Uh, the The people who have loaned them to us really are kind of engaged with the club uh, as it is, or with the university. Um, it's also interesting to see how small the wedding dresses are from way back when. <laughs> you know, I'm like 5'8", and so there's nothing in there that's going to hit a 5'8 person. They're this tiny. You know, I, I noticed that. W- whenever you go to Oakland's mansion, you can see people were shorter uh-huh. back then people have grown taller over the years yeah. and it is interesting to see those differences in size mm-hmm. compared to you know looking at today versus 100 years ago that's right and we have some dresses from uh, 10 years ago where the brides are tall mm-hmm. and we have some where the brides are, are a little larger because we had some of the earlier dresses that were so tiny we had difficulty finding a small enough mannequin in the waist and whatever and we had one that was in the mid-2000s that was the same way but most of them were about the same size that's interesting though and you know you do look at people today like a woman who's five nine five eight that that's pretty tall but back 100 years ago a lot of women were five feet tall or some even shorter right 
That's right. And is there anything else unique that you have seen so far this year that stands out that, you know, would, would make someone say, you know, that's, that's really fascinating. I didn't know that about Dress XYZ. Um, nothing comes to mind. I'm sorry. It just doesn't come to mind immediately. And again, all these dresses will be on display at the Women's Club here in downtown Murfreesboro. If anybody doesn't know how to find that, tell us a little bit more on, on how to get there. It, it's on the co- corner of College and Academy Street, right next to the First Presbyterian Church. It's a gray, blue-gray, um, 1856 home that has been home to the Women's Club since 1916. And again, this is all going on starting June 2nd, so uh, June 2nd up through what, June 18th? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, each day that it is open is going to be on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays in June, right? That's correct. It's going to be 10 a, uh, 9 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Excuse me. <laughs> 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, and 1 to 5 on Sundays. And the cost of admission is $15, and we're not taking credit cards. We don't have the ability to take credit cards, but we love cash and checks. Okay, and and again with us this morning, Jackie Jenkins and Rebecca Cross talking about the dresses that will be on display, the wedding dresses, at the Women's Club here in Murfreesboro on West College Street. And again, the the name of all this is Wedding Dresses Across the Decades and Cultures. And once more, these wedding dresses, all but pretty much one, were worn by people here in Rutherford County or uh, people who used to be a part of the community. That's right. Your friends and neighbors <laughs> have been gracious to loan us the dresses. And again, you have about 30 dresses? You 33. Said? Uh-huh. 33, okay. Uh-huh. And they will all be set up uh, throughout the Women's Club when you come in. And anybody who is listening who says, you know, I would love to be a part of this next year to have my dress, my mother's dress, grandmother's dress on display, what do they need to do? That- Go ahead. Uh, just contact one of us. We will, there will be part of the committee there each of those days throughout the day. And we'll be floating around and any suggestions that they want to make for, to make it better for the next year or anything that they want to loan for next year to get on the list would be great. We'll take all comers. And for women out there listening who may be planning a, a wedding in the near future, maybe they're out shopping for wedding dresses. Can, can they take pictures while they are at this show so that they can show those ideas to somebody at a store to say hey this is the direction i'd like to head <laughs> yes they can certainly and they're displayed beautifully they really are the uh juanita greer has hand, uh, handled that committee and uh you know they're hanging on the walls they're spread out the veils are there there are two or three dresses that have matching shoes that are quite unique so I, I didn't even think about the wedding veils that go with the wedding dress uh-huh. because a, a lot of weddings today you don't see the bride wearing a veil like they used to right we do have the veils on displays and sometimes the um, the uh, tiaras and things are with it and sometimes just the veils and some of the veils are very unique I can imagine so that is that is interesting and we will have uh, the club will be decorated beautifully too we, we will be uh, Murfreesboro Flower Shop will be providing flowers in each of the rooms that would be appropriate for weddings. And so we'll set the tone for it. So did weddings at one point, did they used to take place or have they taken place there at the Women's Club in Murfreesboro? 
Yes, mm-hmm. there have they been have. weddings there. There have been wedding receptions, bridal uh, um, teas, things like that. And you guys, of course, have a, a really great front porch, j- just like a lot of the older homes used to have. So I can imagine uh, that outside area being a great place, too, for you know the wedding party afterwards. I think you're right. And we're also open for uh, having meetings, uh, you know, family gatherings, uh, wedding, like do, uh, re- rehearsal dinners, anything like that. The club is, is available to rent. A lot of history here in Rutherford County, and a lot of that history will be on display at this event with all the wedding dresses. And again, you said a, a little story or information about mm-hmm. each dress, the mm-hmm. setting it was used in, will be written up and uh, right there next to or under the dress. Um, and will there be pictures of, of when the dress was used? I started to say yes. Uh, the person who loaned them to us also loaned a picture, maybe their wedding pictures, maybe it's something of the family. But they, there is a picture that is associated with each of the dresses. So I, I bet a lot of those are in black and white for sure. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be neat. Again, uh, this is all taking place here in Murfreesboro, and it's at the Women's Club, June 2nd all the way through the 18th. And once more, it'll be open each Friday through Sunday of each weekend in June, going up until the 18th, the last day of it. Yes. And, Scott, we want to thank all of our sponsors, and I don't know if you have time for me to tell you who all those are. Um, So our sponsors for this um, are Outlook Consulting, the Barrett Group, Pinnacle Financial Partners, Rutherford Convention and Visitors Bureau, who gave us a grant, Lanham Events, Murfreesboro Dental, Murfreesboro Flower Shop, Murfreesboro Wine and Spirits, MTSU Department of Human Services, Nashboro Chic, Mary Beth Nevels, Celeste Middleton State Farm, Stewart's Special Events, Stones River Dermatology, Studio C Photography, Tasty Table Fine Events Catering, and WGNS Radio. <laughs> you guys have a lot of people involved in this for sure then. Yes, we do. We're very grateful. And again, this is all going on at the Women's Club here in Murfreesboro, and it's 221 West College Street. and uh, East. East College Street. And it starts June 2nd, that first weekend, then each weekend throughout June up until the 18th. That's correct. That's correct. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, we'll post more information about this as well on our website, along with the podcast of this, so people can hear more and uh, learn more as well. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate you. Time right now, 8.50. You're listening to WGNS. We do have more news and information coming your way next. Happened to glance up, and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS, AM, FM, online. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. Otherwise, a blend of clouds and sunshine develops with a high into the lower 80s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 56. 
Join me, America's career coach Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.51, you're tuned to WGNS, and we are broadcasting out of the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, you know, they help to provide light, comfort, and connection to our community and have done just that. Since 1936, they are your trusted energy advisor. MTE is always there to help. Connect online at mte.com or download the My MTE app today. Time again, 8.52, and joining us on this last segment of the show, we have State Representative Mike Sparks out of Smyrna. Mike, how are you this morning? Hey, doing good, Brad. How are you? I mean, Scott, I'm sorry. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'll answer to anything, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so used to Brian, you know. Um, now, yeah. one of the pieces of legislation that you've been working on the past legislative session was to increase, I believe, the number of psychiatric beds in hospitals that provide mental health care. Yes, yes. What that is, and thanks for asking about this, this is House Bill 827. Uh, I know we've got the special session coming up August the 21st, and I've got two good bills that, that aren't red flag laws that are tools tools and toolbox that can help. Um, one is the safe storage of firearms that we cut last year, you know, cut the taxes off uh, to incentivize folks to uh, lock up firearms. You know, we're seeing a, uh, just a surge in um, uh, in, in mental health um, problems. I mean, just I'm reading a report now, uh, Trust for America's Health, an organization talking about youth suicide. It's increased 70, 71% the past 10 years. But what this piece of legislation does, House Bill 827, just requires the, the, the mental health providers, whether it's Trust Point, uh, Rolling Hills, and others, to update the bed availability. And, and really, they're slow walking these things. I think they're picking and choosing uh, who has insurance, who doesn't. Um, we had the legislation. We thought we had it passed. And then, you know, some, some, some high-power high lobbyists get involved to, to roll the bill next year, which, in other words, kills the bill. Um, I'm just asking folks, call, call the governor's office, uh, 741-1002 um, uh, is the governor's office, to just ask them, no, 741 to ask them to consider this bill, which is the patient bed matching system, um, to help folks get access to um, to mental health um, a treatment, or emergency rooms, or they're just overburdened. They're not equipped to deal with the mental health uh, surge of problems that we're seeing. Just yesterday, we had a great meeting with Senator Shane Reeves, which is my Senate sponsor, and we had a gentleman come up from from Chattanooga. Uh, with the Department of Emergency Medicine, uh, probably chopping up his name, but it's Dr. Um, Sudav uh, Medetra, and uh, he's with the University of Tennessee College of Medicine. So he is seeing this, and I asked him yesterday, we were leaving the meeting, Scott, and I asked him, I said, let me ask you something. Where do you see our culture in two to five years when it comes to depression, Shooting things like that, he says. Oh no, he says it's gonna it's gonna be on the increase. He said we're seeing more problems with the. He didn't go into right, you know, social media in those areas, but I think that is a contributing factor when we're seeing the the rise of teen suicide and depression. I think it correlates even to uh, 
to the Covenant School shooting. Um, but my gun safe legislation, we're hoping we'll meet with the governor next week. Hopefully, he'll take that up, which is an incentive, as I mentioned, to uh, for safe and security of firearms. Um, and uh, that's the two-piece legislation I'm hoping the governor will take up in special session. Mental health problems have been on the rise for multiple years now. And for anybody listening who's ever had a family member, a loved one, who they tried to get help for in uh, any type of mental setting, it's not an easy road to travel. It takes a lot of time and it may start in the emergency room, but it may also end very quickly in the emergency room. Yes, well, I had my, my late mother passed away a few months ago back in December, and I had to take her to Murfreesboro um, uh, up there at St. Thomas. And I went in. I remember uh, Chairman Butch Butch Campbell was uh, was in there with his with his um, uh, with his wife, and I think they got there at ten thirty. I think they finally got to bed at eight o'clock that night. My mother, we arrived at eleven. I think my mother finally uh, was discharged at. at Seven, I had to take her to, to Trust Point. Um, and I've seen this firsthand. Uh, this is a serious issue. I had the Secretary of State with me over at um, Stonecrest in Smyrna around October. Um, Trey Hargett was with me, and we met with the CEO over there. And he told me, he says, Mike, we've added on 16 beds over here in the past few years. He said, every bed's full. He said, a lot of it is dealing with mental health. He said, we need some relief. And ironically, I talk about Godwink moments. Uh, ironically, two months later, I get asked to carry this piece of legislation that that pretty much all the mental health experts and advocates are saying is is a is a tool in the toolbox that can help relieve some of the overcrowding. Uh, now, in all fairness to to, to these um, psych hospitals, they may be incurring staff problems, but if staff problems is an issue, then let's deal with the staff problems as well. Um, but uh, I've, I've shared with you on the air, and Brian, you know, I went to Kyle Yorlett's funeral. Kyle Yorlett was a young musician that was killed with a stolen gun in Nashville. Three young student, or kids, of 13, I think 14, 15, shot him point-blank range um, with a stolen gun. They had stole a, a gun out of a truck, I think, a couple of days earlier. Well, I, you know, usually don't go to funerals that I don't know the person, but for some strange reason, I went to Kyle Yorlett's funeral. And I sat there, and I thought, man, why am I at this funeral? There's got to be a reason. Well, then, ironically, I get asked to carry this gun safe legislation. And if, if, if that gun would have been locked up that killed Kyle Yorlett, he'd be alive today. But he, here's what frustrates me with the government. The fiscal note on those kids that are going to be incarcerated that were charged is easily four hundred to 500000 on one murder, just one murder, Scott. The fiscal note on this tax exemption is about four thirty. Uh, a year. So if, if locking up firearms helped relieve, stop one murder and it helped get stolen guns off the streets that we're seeing in Antioch, we're seeing in Nashville, we're seeing in Memphis, and we're seeing in, in Laverne and other areas of the state, that that one fiscal note was 420. This is a good common sense bill, uh, but if folks are interested in, you know, call the governor's office 741 2001. It's House Bill 827 and House Bill 343, which is a gun safe uh, uh, bill. But um, hopefully we'll we'll move forward. If we don't get it during special session, hopefully we get it done in January when we go back. And I know we only have about a minute left, but part of the problem is trying to convince people to be more responsible with their firearms and not leaving them in a vehicle, even if the vehicle's locked. You just don't leave it unattended yeah. like that. Yeah, and here, here's one thing. You know, do- the late Dr. Linda Gilbert, we put an opioid mental health roundtable at my church, Parkway Baptist, three years ago. And I asked 
the late Dr. Linda Gilbert, I said, what is one silver bullet, no pun intended, that we could use to help? And she goes on, I've got the letter in front of me. This is the last email she wrote me. She says, Mike, the behaviors of our six to nine-year-olds are like nothing we've ever seen before. They're inordinately disruptive and aggressive. While we're bringing all our resources into play, there's no place for these children to go be assessed and treated. I feel good about what the Department of Education is trying to accomplish in the area and the emphasis of the whole child. She said, I'm hopeful the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse will work alongside them to help address the upper-tier children of whom there seems to be no answers. The late Dr. Linda Gilbert knew more about education than any lawmaker in the state of Tennessee, I can promise you. She's telling me right here the six and nine-year-olds are extremely disruptive. Not all of them, but a lot of them. She's seeing this behavior. So she told me that three years ago. Now those kids are nine and 12. We don't get a hold of this. We're going to see more problems. But thank you, Scott, for uh, for taking the time to ask about this legislation. Definitely. Again, Mike Sparks with us, state representative and uh, lives in Smyrna. Thank you for joining us this morning. And that's going to do it for today's show. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. Stay with us. More to come.